Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. From Sports Illustrated, our friend Chris Maddox. I saw you tweeting about Joe Ingles. Will you talk about how he's playing right now, especially since moving into the starting lineup? He's been great. He's so reliable as a playmaker. And that's something that, with Conley out of the lineup, this team so desperately needs. Whether it's in transition, making the right pass, or just keeping the ball moving and getting that hockey assist. You can always rely on him to be that guy. Just the way this lineup shakes out, if you don't have that type of player, your offense is really going to stagnate. You're not going to be put up the type of numbers they've been putting up. So he's become an invaluable part of this team's lineup, even more so with the point guard situation like it is. There you heard the voice of Chris Mannix. The Jazz are on a roll right now, PK. And uh, it's, roll, it's yeah. interesting to get your, what are they, 15 or 16? Uh, that, oh, this, man, it's unbelievable. Is, it's, pretty, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. The jazz, Life is uh, short, make it sweet. Uh, the Jazz are uh, actually living up to expectations now. That's the best start. By my, I went back and looked at it every year, and I if, I, the, if my math skills were okay, it's the best start since uh, 98-99. Well, they said it was the fourth best start in franchise history. Yeah. That's why you have DJ, man. You just throw out there. I wonder if it's the best start. Boom, he's on the computer. Well, I went back and went through the glory years, and this is the this was better than the glory years. So I don't know who said it was the fourth best. That's maybe sometime before that. It's the fourth best record through forty games played. Yeah, Yeah. I went back through ninety seven. So maybe they had some years before that. Ninety seven. You just arbitrarily stopped at ninety seven. Well, the two finals years. <laughs> That's where I drew the line. Okay, you're halfway there. Why not go all the way? You think they get number eleven tonight? Yeah. Pelicans. Brandon Ingram. Is he an all star? Is he not? Is he playing? I mean, they, they, him and Drew Holiday have been in and out of the lineup. What's the deal? Anybody know? So, we'll check on that. Well, we can ask the great Sam Amick. Yeah, we can. So what do you think, uh, as you've watched the Jazz surge through this time period, PK, what are you seeing that uh, is working for them uh, that stands out as uh, most important? Well, as I've been saying on my morning show, Rudy Gobert is not only an all-star, that's an absolute given. He's an MVP candidate. He is uh, what I call the great rim protector. He prevents scoring. So the great obstacle, the great score preventer and if you're prevented from scoring in my mind you're the great prophylactic because you cannot get anything past that guy he's just incredible it's so much fun to watch and i'm an offensive guy i'm offensive in my life (laughs) and my sports fandom i like offense more than defense but watching other guys dribble that ball and they just see oh there's rudy the big obstacle this thing gonna work, and they just dribble out, and then occasionally a fool will challenge him. Not happening. Throws up some wild shot. It's just a, it's just amazing to see. He's just brilliant on that end. And with Joe doing his thing now, that has increased Rudy's offensive, offensive. production. Yep. Mm-hmm. And now, what are you gonna do? Joe comes down that side, and we're seeing now. Joe, when he comes down that side, left side, it is. It's like a little bit of a parting of the Red Sea because now he's getting all the way to the bucket, too. If you take away the lob dunk, well, then Joe's like, okay, I'll do a little ball fake, and you're going to give me a little left-handed layup. I'm left-handed anyway. Who was he? He spun around on that one play. Remember that? The guy was totally lost because Joe gave him a little ball fake. Yeah, I mean, he's just amazing. Mitchell has elevated his game clearly. 
And you go back, and there was early comparisons to Dwayne Wade when he came in the league. And you go look at Dwayne Wade's numbers from first to second to third, and the Dwayne Wade that we knew, the Hall of Fame Dwayne Wade, Mm -hmm. the third year is when it really became obvious, okay, this guy is really good and he's a special ball player. And if you look at his numbers, his first years weren't too bad, but the third year is when Dwayne Wade really put it into gear, and then he was Dwayne Wade for a number of years, obviously, and now he's retired and he's going to going to the Hall of Fame, So you obviously. see a similar path happening. Yeah, well, yeah, and it's his third year, so it makes sense. Let me comment on a couple of things you said. Rudy Gobert, you're right. Uh, how many – he may – I, I wrote this recently, and I, I really believe it. He may be uh, one of the top five dominant players in the entire league. Because well, when you factor in everything, you do. have to factor in everything, yeah. And, and you know, we show highlights and all, and it's all about offense and scoring and dunks and whatnot. But, yeah, in terms of helping a team win – We'll just look at his record. I mean, look at the Jazz record. And then you mentioned Mitchell. Mitchell is doing – he's the closer now, PK. I mean, he can – I don't care whether he's shooting the ball well or not. When it gets to the fourth quarter, he's the guy that well, Jazz turned to. Yeah. He's so smooth. To take care of his business. He, and he, there you, you had to allow him to have some uh, developmental process, and he did. But, you know, there was a time or two maybe he would get in the lane, not sure what to do, and do something wild, and, you know, his athletic ability is so incredible. Well, now it's you combine the athletic ability, which is still incredible, with the knowledge of how to succeed. He's an all-star, too. It's a guarantee. These two men will be in Chicago here in, in about a month. It's, it's an absolute lock. You sure about that? I'll bet one of your 42 cars. I think I think they deserve to be there. Oh, they uh, will be there. They will be there. There's right. just no doubt. Well, with the Jazz winning, and that that's the key, I think, for them to be uh, Well, they are. The that, that's already teams. been so. You, you want to put anything well, on it? I'll tell you how confident uh, I am. I'm, 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 look, this is a bad time to ask me to bet about anything. Right, Austin? Uh-huh. Yeah. Come on, what want, do you want? I don't, I don't want another incriminating audio. That's Parking sure. stall lines are merely suggestions. <laughs> So are uh, the Lisa's command- pet name for me is <laughs> Bowler. The, co- the commandments, I guess, are merely suggestions, too. I, uh, I lost a bet to Austin, so I, I'm a little sheepish about um, that kind of thing. You, you mentioned Joe, and nobody in the media knows Joe better than you do. His shooting has and his playmaking has been this is the best he's ever played. Absolutely, and I asked him about it, and I'm sick of his, oh, oh, oh shucks, I just want to help. <laughs> Shut up, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> you are you're not a superstar. But in terms of your value to winning, you're right below that. Because he's a key on the yeah. entire team. Yes. His playmaking and and this is what I said, you tell me if I'm up in the night on this PK. I think that Joe plays much better with good players than he does with the second unit because and, and you say, well, Okay, that that's not much of a statement, but it is because some guys with the second unit, they can hog the ball and score and make their numbers look really good. That's, that's not, not who Joe. he is. No, not at all. It's not even close to who he is. So he needs to be where he is. And it took the Conley injury to figure it out. And hey, he's, this coaching staff is good, but it's not perfect. And I think they've discovered it too. Joe needs to be where he is. So when Conley comes back, there's two options. You start Conley and put O'Neal off the bench. Or you keep the starting lineup as is and you take Conley off the bench. And that's up to Quinn and his guys to decide what they want to do there. But Joe's got to stay exactly where he is. Yeah, I agree. 
I agree 100. percent That uh, that uh, accurate perimeter shooting has been really important, even even against the Nets. There were times when the Nets were surging a little bit, and then Joe comes down and pops, hits a three pointer. It's record breaking. I mean, they have what they got five guys who shoot 40 percent or better from three, and Joe is obviously one of them. Bogdanovich has been really important. I mean, if there's another closer besides Donovan, it's probably Bogdanovich. Uh, they have turned to him at times when when Donovan didn't have it. Yeah, but I think he he needs also to play off his guys, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but yeah, Bogey. What a what a great addition! It's exactly what they ordered, what they needed. Yeah, I mean, they didn't need these empty possessions that they were having so much. And everybody loves Derek Favors. He's a nice young man, but the way the game has evolved, he's a backup center or starting center, and you already got one. You needed the skills that Bogey provides, and I love his competitiveness. I love the way he just wants to compete all the time. I didn't know that. You know, you just barely see those guys occasionally when they're in the East and they're not you know, Philly or Boston or what have you, and so, or the Greek Freak. So you don't really know, you can look at some numbers, but then when you watch these guys day every single game, literally, then you can really develop some uh, a feel for how they are, and, and Bogdanovich has been a lot better. He still needs help on his passing. He's yes. trying. Yeah. But you know, I guess maybe he didn't have to do that. I don't know. I don't know much about him beyond stats until he got here. The two favored shots in the league now are three-point shots and the shots around the basket. And with the Jazz, as you pointed out, Rudy Gobert kind of washes one of those options out. And the Jazz have been very proficient at both because Rudy has benefited from Joe feeding him the ball. And then we talked about the three-point shooting. So the, it's it's really kind of impressive. Let me ask you this. In your opinion, how legitimate is all this? Well, I think it's extremely legitimate, and I can cite you three reasons for its legitimacy. And they all happened last night. Number one, Orlando beats the Lakers in Los Angeles. Number two, Portland beats Houston in Houston. Number three, Detroit beats the Boston Celtics in Boston. And Portland has had its moments, but the other two, kind of coming and going a little bit here, especially Detroit, uh, Orlando, I think, is 20 and 21, so they're not too bad. Uh, and I think that's what we have in the league right now. We have teams that are not too bad. And then you have pretty good teams and you have really good teams. So those teams at the bottom who aren't too bad, they've got players. And the Jazz have managed to beat all these teams. Plus, we compared it to what the Utes did this season. You know, they beat up on a bunch of teams that they were better than, and then we know what happened at the end. Uh but the Jazz have the Clipper win when Paul George and Kawhi Leonard were both playing on a Saturday night in Los Angeles. And Saturday night games, weekend games, the players understand that. You get a bigger buzz in the crowd because everybody's in a better mood than having to rush from work and all that stuff. So they tend to be bigger games. And the Jazz got that. They got one. At least they got, they got one victory over a, a, a ranked team, so to speak, from the, in the college football parlance so they got that yeah and now they've got 13 games left until the break and eight of those games are against teams above 500 and uh three of them they're playing three times uh, twice you got houston dallas and denver and obviously you're competing with those teams for playoff standings so let's see what they can do you know they've got to go in those games that are above with teams up against 500 
they've got to go at least at least minimally four and four. Hmm. If they can go six and two, because there's a San Antonio Denver back to back, and that's going to be tough, uh, both on the road obviously. And if they can find a way to go six and two, then that just totally legitimizes. But you see, you don't really have to worry about this at the pro level. That game, how good are you as far as your record? That's a college game. That's not a pro game because it'll flush out. You, we will find out. We sometimes you never really find out who's good and who isn't in college. You're not sure who did they play. Well, in the pros, you're going to play them. You may have you have an easy uh, schedule, but you're taking advantage of this e- easy schedule. And then in turn, and in short order, it'll turn more difficult. Right before this time next month, when they go to the All Star break, we'll really have a good idea of exactly how good they are. And then as you pointed out, uh, these teams that are seen as premier teams in the league, they're losing to lesser teams on the road. So even when you're playing the quote-unquote easier teams, you're still being tested by professional athletes who have the ability to rise up and beat Every team has players. They just don't have enough of them. Or they're young right now, and they need to mature. Atlanta, for instance, a Trey Young. You know, he's he's developing. Uh, Memphis. John Moran is developing pretty good right now, yeah. but stands to reason in a couple of years he's going to be a lot better. So their time to win is not now. That's for the Jazz, which is why they made that trade and cut green. The time to win is today. It's not next year. It's right now. Uh, PK, I want to get to this uh, this cheating scandal in Major League Baseball with the Astros. That this thing just is getting bigger and yep. bigger now. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, first, Lunau and Hinch are, are fired from the Astros. Alex Cora fired by the Red Sox. Carlos Beltran fired or stepped down, whatever, however you want to, fired, from the essentially. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And now uh, more news uh, involving some of the Astros players. Uh, having, oh, for sure, yeah. Uh, and now they got, I mean, they had the video, but now it's resurfacing. And Al- Jose Altuve, who hits the home run off of Chapman, the big uh, Cuban dude who throws over 100. He slipped a little bit, but nevertheless, he's a big dude. Altuve's a little dude. And he hits the game-winning home run. I think the Yankees' uh, DJ LeMayu may have tied it in the ninth, if I remember correctly. And then uh, uh, Springer or Carlos Correa walks, and then Altuve comes up, and he just jacks one off of uh, Chapman. Well, as he's rounding third, and you can see this. This video is out there. As he's rounding third, coming into home, he's grabbing his jersey holding it and with a closed fist telling the team because there it's a walk-off so they're all gathered around they form like a three-quarter circle around the plate right Uh we've all seen that and he's telling them don't rip the shirt you can hear you can (laughs) he's saying it don't rip the shirt don't rip the shirt and then it, some people speculate that he mouths, I've got a piece, because he's got a buzzer on mm-hmm. that's telling him they're buzzing him fastball or however they decide to do it. And then they celebrate because they're going to World Series, right? So it's a walk-off. It's a kid's dream. And what does he do that Rosenthal comes down on the field to interview him? Well, after they have a little celebration, he Altuve runs into the dugout. And then comes back with just his undershirt on. So it's obvious the conclusion is he took the jersey off and took off the piece. This is right out of the Sopranos. He's mic'd. And you, know, you just told me you were ready. Listen to this. One pitch. Take me through the at bat. Well, I knew it was coming, Ken. First of all, I want to thank God and all the fans for a beautiful game, for a beautiful uh, playoff. You know, we really deserve to be in the World Series. 
because my team has been working really hard to get to this point. Cheating. In the bat, I want to just get a good pitch to hit. I mean, Chagman is, for me, one of the best closer I ever faced, and he throws 100, so I wanted to be on time for the fastball, but looking for something I can handle, and it just happened. Yeah, and it then just he, happened. And then Rosenthal <laughs> asked him about you didn't want your jersey ripped, and he says, oh, yeah, I'm shy. Why was that? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm too shy. Last time they did that, I got in trouble with my wife. Because <laughs> <laughs> I knew the pitch was coming, and I had the buzzer on. <laughs> so he's thanked. And I'm cheating like hell. <laughs> <laughs> he thanked God. <laughs> yeah. And then he said it was a beautiful game, uh. and he was a cheating SOB. He was wired. He's essentially wired. You ever watch The Sopranos? You know what happened to Big You Know What? They shot him dead and threw him in the uh, the little channel. With the fishes? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Paulie Walnuts and Tony, and uh, Tony's right hand guy, who's the uh, he's in the band with Springsteen, but played played that. Uh, can't remember his name that he played. Uh, the sax player? No, no, uh, no, no, no. He's, no, no. he's dead. Clarence uh. Clemens. No, the uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Van Sant. Um, okay, yeah. Richie? No. No, no. That what, what's Reggie. His, what is it? Is, yeah. He's an Italian guy, too, but his mom <laughs> remarried, and so he took on that name when he was a young kid. He's from Jersey. Uh, but, uh, yeah. And so the three of them found out that uh, their buddy was uh, wired, and uh, they took him out on a boat and uh, just blasted him away, man. Uh, I think Altuve and these guys... Steven Van Sant, yeah. These guys need to be banished. Banished? For a year. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I, I think for a lifetime. I wouldn't go This is a World far. Series. Well, two of them. They, they shouldn't have had. So this is far yeah. beyond just banging on a trash can. Oh, yeah. Not that that's oh, yeah, yeah, legitimate yeah, yeah. in yeah, any way. You got, yeah, and you could see him. He's saying, don't rip my jersey. It's this, you're caught on tape. You're red-handed. Wow. I mean, yeah. the trash can was a regular season game against the White Sox, who were doing nothing. They were cheating with the trash can then. Yeah. In the in the ALCS, they got even smarter. He's wired. The only guy to have more evidence and get off is OJ. <laughs> well, if the batting glove doesn't fit, you must quit. Well, yeah, if the fastball is grooved, you must jack. <laughs> so okay, let's. Talk he just about, wanted to find and something. He took he, a hack. He, he could take a handle. Of it. <laughs> let's, talk, let's talk about this because I already mentioned the guys, the uh, you know, the GM and the managers who uh-huh. were involved in it, who have now been fired or stepped away. Uh, none of the players have been punished at all. What do you? I mean, you said Austin a, a year banished for a year. PK, he said that, forever. I said okay, a year. You said a year. Is that what you think? Uh, do, what do you think will happen? Well, and, you know, you got the players' association, so they're going to go through all that red tape, and and uh, so I mean, they're they're represented well, obviously. But I think they've got to go and say, "Hey, listen, guys, man, you're ruining the credibility of our game. You you're destroying it. This is this is akin to gambling. This is worse than steroids." Uh, and and what what about your rep? This cheating stuff. This uh, Jose Altuve, you did tremendous work with JJ Watt when they had what was it? Uh, hur- the hurricane. What, yeah. yeah, whatever Flood. it was called. I don't uh-huh. remember. And because he's in the Houston a couple years back, and you know he comes off as a great dude, and he's short, so you can uh, relate to him. He's not Aaron Judge, you know. And, and some of these guys are just blessed physically. He got there through work. He's a talented ball player, no doubt. But it just 
if if Bonds and Clemens and McGuire and Sosha Sosa, if these guys are tarnished and Palmero, if they're tarnished, so are you. So you think one year? Mm-hmm. And what do you think? Uh, how complicated will it get with the players? Well, yeah, I don't know about that, but it seems to stand to reason that there's going to be all sorts of uh, adjudication involved in this stuff. But his reputation now is totally ruined because he did it, and and he did it on a stage against the Yankees. Yeah, you know, it's not the Milwaukee Brewers; <laughs> <laughs> it's the Yankees. Yeah, it's you know the real one of the tragedies in this whole thing is that he's really good yeah, for sure, and, and, and the Strohs were very very good. Yeah, they didn't need to do this, or maybe they did. I don't know what effect it had ultimately. Nobody really is going to know that, but they they didn't need to do it, and they did it anyway. Kind of yeah. reminds me of when when Nixon was uh, oh for sure uh, yeah. well, he was he he, he was going to win that next election and yet he's out uh, you know covering up for other things and it's it's a paranoia that comes over these these oh well, it's like the Democrats now with Trump let's just call it like it is they're afraid he's going to win so they've got these trumped up charges come on Gordon call it like it is did you see these comments from Jessica Mendoza yeah I did. I didn't know who she was, but you she's, know who she uh, was. She, she's, she's Stanford, a great she, pitcher, yeah, man. She ESPN, does the Sunday night games. Uh, yeah, a, a Mets employee, also. I think she replaced. She is an advisor to Mets. She yeah. replaced uh, Schilling, if I remember correctly. She yeah. was she was ripping uh, Mike Fires for going public with the illegal, uh, you know, the uh, sign stealing, and saying that he should have kept his big mouth shut, and then. She, she walked it out. back a little she bit. She came out she later and said, wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait, yeah. I didn't really mean she it made, that way. She made a clarifying statement. But see, After that, the Mets texted her but, and said, what are you doing? But, but see, that's <laughs> the kind of attitude that needs to be eradicated out of Major League Baseball. Uh, oh, I think out of, the, out of sports in general. Yeah. I mean, it's just not particular to— But you're going to— you can't—a a player can't speak out. I think Fires is really one of the heroes in this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If Canseco yeah. is, then he is. But, but and by the way, okay. it was minutes after she walked it back. Minutes that Beltran suddenly was yeah, no more. And, but no. at the same time, your big hero waited till he was with another team. If right is right and wrong is wrong, and eh, you need to call out wrong when you see it. And Conseco yeah. so, waited years until yeah, after he's so, retired. So I mean, I'm not willing to uh, recognize he's not Rosa Parks here. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> okay, yeah, you got me there. But uh, certainly he should be. He should not be uh, sort of talked down. About. I agree with that. I don't have any problem with that. But they got. I think it's just a. It's a culture that permeates sports, and a mindset, particularly in baseball, because baseball cheating within certain frameworks has been accepted forever. If you steal signs, right, with a naked eye, yeah, or uh, you know, you try, you do a shoestring catch. Before they used to have replay, and you actually, you know, real, really short hop it, mm-hmm. or you do a sweeping tag, act like you got him, or you act like you've been hit by the pitch, and so that's okay. It, wh- what level of cheating is okay, and what level of cheating isn't? And in basketball, guys down low, and you grab their jersey a little bit, you know, and and we see it all the time in football. They're they're cheating against the rules. But eh, it's sort of gamesmanship, so gamesmanship is okay. Now, certainly this thing that the Astros did is way over the top. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a attitude of if you can get away with it, it's if you can drive 70 in a 50 and nobody stops you, you drive 70 in a 50. 
See, now you're hitting a little too close to home. Well, uh, particularly on an open road when there's nobody around. So we all do it. So what, what form of cheating is acceptable? Because there are plenty of forms of cheating that are acceptable. It, it almost seems as though in our society, across yeah. all professions. They forget to charge you something and you notice it at home. And they left because they, the Smiths is packed and they're rushing through all sorts of stuff. And they've got four items. They didn't charge you. What do you do? Yeah. Take it back? I know people who would. I'm not one of them. <laughs> I grew up so, in Jersey. <laughs> I get smacked in the head. Take what you can, give nothing back. That's your problem, not mine. So, last question on this, PK, and then we'll uh, we'll, we'll get to some business. But uh, how widespread? How widespread do you think this kind of to this level shenanigans? Yeah, is going I, I, to on? this level is extreme. But hey, they'll shut it down. And they, like a lot of things that are bad, good comes from it. A deterrent, by an example set. Well, yeah. Now they'll they'll remove electronics. I wonder you know, if and all that stuff. I wonder so if they'll we won't take, have that. I wonder if uh, you know televised games if they'll do something to blur the signal or something. Uh, you know, they might be able to do something. Who was who was the pitcher? Who was the pitcher who was uh, who was suspecting that something was going on? So they changed up the signals because yeah, they it was Farquhar of the yeah, White Sox. Yeah, I mean, that's anyway. Good can come from bad. You take like Madonna, right? She got pregnant and she told her father, "I'm keeping my baby." Right? Good can come from that, and so she probably raised a really good child. You know what I mean? You got a tough situation, and good things can come from it. And this is a tough situation, but I suspect good things will come from it, and it'll be cleaned up. Steroids was cleaned up, wasn't it? To a large degree. Now, not eliminated. Mm. I didn't say eliminated, but wasn't it cleaned up? Well, at least that's the way it seems. Yeah, until they doctored the ball this year, and then all the home runs went back up. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, but at least that was the way it was for everybody. Precisely. Yeah. See, that's the thing. If you're gonna if you're gonna yeah. have certain advantages, then make it level across all teams, all players. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the equity factor that comes into it. Sure. 